0: be subject to the governing of authorities. For there is no authority except from God, that, and that those that exist have been instituted by God. Where therefore, whoever <coughs> resists the authorities, and resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur their judgment. For rulers are not terror, terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear, fear of the one who is in uh, authority, then do, uh, then do what is good, and you will receive his approval, for he is God's servant, for your good. But if you do not, <coughs> be afraid, for he does not not bear the sword in vain, for he is a serv is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on, on the wrongdoer. Therefore, be therefore one be must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience conscience. For because of this he also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what, <coughs> what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to uh, <coughs> respect is own, uh, own, and honor to whom honour is owned. Hmm. Oh no well, one thing uh, oh owe no one anything except to love one each other. For the for the one who loves one another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steer, steal, and you shall not covet and any and any other co- com- com- commandment are summed up in this word uh, you shall love your neighbor as yourself love does no wrong to the neighbor for therefore love is fulfilling of the law besides this uh, besides this you know <coughs> that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep for salvation is near to us and uh, now then when we first believed. <coughs> the night is far gone, and the day is at hand, so let us cast off of the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in daylight, no, or, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sens- sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for uh, for the flesh, and gratify its desire to gratify its desires.
1: So, what are you what are you seeing, and why do you think he's putting this where he's putting it? About the Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, it seems you know it could be an odd placement of this in here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's talking about a, a relationship between the Jews and Gentiles, and then now he switches to, a, to governing authorities. Um, <coughs> why do you think that, that might be the case?
2: Because I'm sure there was unrest between the Christians and the authorities, like the like, like, Jewish Christians were probably... Probably saying, Oh, we don't have to pay taxes kinda of like they like how you know, they were the Pharisees are asking Jesus, Well who do we pay taxes to? And Jesus was like, We'll give Caesar what is Caesar and give to God everything else. So I'm sure something like that might have been going on.
3: Also, look where Romans twelve ended. Live in harmony with one another. Don't repay evil for evil. Never avenge yourselves. Uh, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. You know, don't overcome evil with evil but with good. Um, So that's where he ended in 12, and then, um, I mean, there's been thousands of years of history with the Jews having trouble with with different um, people over them, you know, uh, so they they were not real thrilled, uh, to say the very least, not real thrilled about having, uh, I mean, because they saw the Romans as oppressors, they didn't see them as rulers, they saw them as oppressors, Um, and so they saw them as evil people. Um, and so then the Greeks and, uh, and the Romans that were around them by extension, um, the Roman Christians were a part of that system that was evil and hurting them. <coughs> and, so, and so that's when I, I think it's the transition of, hey, these people are we for a reason. <coughs> God giving them the authority over
1: you for the time. Yeah, and the... <laughs> the, the actual that was the Gentiles would come against the Jews, and actually later had a, uh, had massacred the Jewish people for their their beliefs and uh, and who they were. And so there was you know this there was an uproar you know going between them for sure, but also the Jews did believe that God would take vengeance that they didn't have to fight back and take vengeance. And there was a a group of Jews at the time that were trying to to carry out an uprising against the the, the Romans, you know, and so uh, and it was maybe <coughs> trying to think of, that might have been in, in another area of scripture that I was reading but uh, part of the history is that's what they were trying to do, so there was a faction of Jewish people that were going against the Roman governments and so there's lots of turmoil here and I think Paul's addressing all of it between the Gentile and the Jew uh, the cultural things and uh, and then, then he's going as far as all the way into the governing authorities, and so he's saying that God puts the the governing authorities in place over us, and uh, he, there, they exist because He's allowed them to exist. So, what about <coughs> Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump? What? They're governing authorities, and, and He puts. It looks like one of those two is going to be our authority. You know, did he? Did he? the <coughs> one placing them there and what do you do when uh, they create laws that you disagree with?
4: Out, are you in the first part of
1: thirteen? Yes.
4: we okay. We read the whole chapter of thirteen. Right. You were late, so you missed it. I don't know it. Well, I knew it was after breakfast, but I know it was at nine. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Uh, anyway. So uh
1: so what's he you know, what's what do you think he means by the authority? Uh, you know that's been established by him, and that were to be subject to that authority.
5: We
2: have to follow the laws given to given by the people who are
1: in power. Yeah, and John uh, chapter nineteen eleven says Jesus answered, "You would have no authority over me unless it's been given you from above. For this reason, he delivered me to you." Has <coughs> the greater sin. So, I mean. God is the one who is who's allowing us to have leaders over us, and so sometimes when they're ungodly leaders, or we don't agree with the leadership, we don't agree with the laws. What happens when? What do you think? And this there's a historical uh, fact where the Jews <coughs> would obey the laws unless it went against what they were believing in religiously, and so I mean we're going to be faced with those kind of things, you know, here in the United States eventually, <coughs> and we're to obey all those governing you know people over us whether it be a mayor or you know town leaders or you know presidents or whatever and so you know I do I believe he chose Hillary and and you know Trump to be the runners and whatever I don't know I, I don't know if that's it but he's allowing them to be there and so he allows them to be there and to be in place over us as authority figures and so we're just we're to submit to them so well, you know when he gives us over to our sin sometimes
3: those consequences are pretty dark yeah you know? true and so uh, I mean I think this is the this is what happens when you have an entire country full of people that are polarized um, and can't see that, that they're in sin just as much as the other side then we get something like what's happening you know and so while God has given them the authority to be there I don't necessarily know that you know uh, it doesn't say that every action they do is 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 blessed by God Um you know, because obviously we know the things that were happening at the time, you know, uh, with, <coughs> with the government killing off the Jews and persecuting the Christians, what was happening obviously was not, it was not from God himself, however, God did allow them to be there. It's just that the purpose may not have been so that way they were, um, that they could be happy and take their time and, you know, uh, you know what I mean? It wasn't necessarily for their, um, it wasn't for their uh, enjoyment. You know, but it was for their good. Uh, it was for the good of the gospel. People were,
1: were there because I mean, really, if the Romans hadn't come in when they did and and
3: modernized the world of that time, um, you know, and inst- installed roads and and everything that they did, um, I mean, really, they paved the way for the gospel to spread as fast as it did. Yet there were a corrupt group of people who were pagans.
1: Yeah. You know. <coughs> he, he's really speaking here. I think. You know, in terms of um, that we're, in, we're to be in submission. And so as, as we're submission, it's a teaching almost, that we're in submission to our governments, we're submission to Jesus as well. And uh, whether they're evil or not, you know, he has uh, allowed them to be in place. But he has sovereign leadership over all of them, and someday he will take his vengeance on them. But in verse 2, it says that they opposed... That those of us that oppose that will receive condemnation. So I think it's we've got to be careful. You know, we we had an interesting Bible study yesterday morning. Uh, it started. Someone mentioned the LGBT thing, and uh, someone else in the room has LGBT, whatever, gay and lesbian friends, and uh, that are godly, but they don't go to church because they love God, but they don't go to church because church condemns them and man, you want to talk about a passionate discussion for an hour yesterday, Um, and it would have gone on longer, Dad, if we had more time, but we only had the hour, so it was a very passionate uh, discussion in the room about sin and what's not sin, and really it boils down to um, this: everything we've been reading the last two or three chapters is is unity among uh, people and believers, and then... For us to be able to really be able to express who God is, it, it takes unity on our heart and an effort to bring unity. And in that, sometimes we're going to have to obey those leaders over us. I was reading a side note here. It was Ten years after this that Paul wrote, that's when the oppression began. That's when uh, they started coming against the Jewish culture. And some wanted to rise and resist and some said, no, we're to submit. And we find that in our churches today. Some want to rise and, and go against it and vote against the salaries <coughs> and bash them and beat them hard. You know, and talk about you know all the abortion, all those things, and so, which happened to be a mild topic yesterday. But divorce was a big one, and, and lay and gay and lesbian, whatever they are, that was the other big discussion. And uh, can you be gay and lesbian to be a Christian? You know, can you be a Christian and get divorced? God you're ordained you're divorce? Some said yes,
4: some said no. I think you can have Christian values, but so not be. You can
1: have Christian values, absolutely,
4: uh, and not be a Christian, right?
1: Because this is really, what we're talking about is moralistic issues right here, because even in the pagan governments, they still believed and the philosophers still talked about moralistic (coughs) submission to your governments and to to those in authority. So this was a moral issue. They were using, they're speaking here of using your morals to be able to, Show unity and
4: to exemplify and honor and glorify Christ. And like do Ten Commandments, even if you're not Christian. Like honor your mother and father, do not kill.
1: So you can be lost and still obey those things yeah. and not know the Lord. And so you know yeah. here, uh, you know it's recognizing that God is the Avenger. He's the one who takes care of all of those things for us as a Christian. And so we do have to submit to His authority, which He puts us under other authorities. And um, I, 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 don't, I think we get too hung up in the, in the picket lines, if that makes sense. And so I was making the case yesterday that both sides of the picket line are wrong. Whether you're gay and lesbian and you're saying, hey, accept me because I, I love God, or you're, I love God and, and gay and lesbian sin, so all of y'all are going to hell. Either side of the picket fence is wrong. You know, and where's the, where is the middle here? And the middle here is we should love the, both sides. And we accept and love them, period. And then, no, it doesn't mean you don't speak truth. And that was the hard part is when people were trying to wrestle with, all right, well, what happens when the truth pops out? You know, how do you, do you just let <clears> someone <throat> revel in their sin? Or do you, do you talk to them about it? And one person was, well, their body was made, and I, I teach that they're to submit to their body. I said, oh, well, okay. Then if that means you submit to the flesh, that means you're submitting all the way back to original sin, to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because that's where that comes out in. Because that the discussion was wisdom of God or wisdom of the flesh. Which one is it? And that's what happens here. Wisdom of the flesh? Well, wisdom of the flesh, you can be moralistic, yes. But wisdom of God says something else.
4: Well, I think, like, uh, you know, like feedback, like Chris talked to us about last summer and this summer. I think if it's true spirit-led feedback, it'll be all right. But if you're saying, like, you're awful or LGBT, or if it's yeah. self-feedback, then it shouldn't be spoken at all. But if you allow the spirit to go through you and speak life and speak words to any other person, I think that'd be appropriate. Yeah. But too often, people use their self yeah. and speak. Well, and it's just corrupted.
3: Absolutely and, how, true. and how often do you have a spirit-led feedback from someone you've never met, have no interactions with, and literally you pass on the street? I've yeah. uh, never. It is
4: and maybe,
3: I don't yeah. Know, I'm not sure. No, I mean, and your answer is correct, but but my my point is, I think I think a lot of times as Christians, we want to. It's not really about spirit, and it's not really about even advancing the word of God. It's really just about what makes us uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and so I was listening to this podcast yesterday, and um, you know they were they were talking about it, it was a couple of weeks back, and so it was right in the middle of the Dallas shootings and and. The, Black Lives Matter um, protests and everything that's happening. And um, it was really interesting. Um, you know, I heard a point of view that I just haven't really wrestled with, and you know, it was talking about that everything that we're seeing right now is based out of fear. Um, and so what do you do when people are terrified and acting out of fear? Um, and it's, It ends up with both sides being wrong when they're acting out of fear. Now, what are you doing? Both sides are lost. I mean, fear can't change anything. So, then how, how does the, the Christian then deal with fear? Yeah. Well, perfect love casts out the fear. Right? right. And so it's, but I think we're afraid of our lifestyle changing and we're afraid of the, the things that we like and the security. And, um, you know, because it, it is nice not having to constantly shield my kids' eyes or tell them, hey, or explain to them, sit down, this is what's happening. And then the irrational fear says, Oh, well, if my boys play with Barbies or see too much pink or watch or see something on TV or something in person, they're going to turn out gay. That's irrational fear. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but as Christians, man, we are wrapped up in our irrational fear. I mean, I am wrapped up in my irrational fear, you know, um, but the truth is that God is greater than my irrational fears. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it's just like, with Camber the other night, you know, she had a lot of questions about everything. And So part of me could have been terrified and afraid and upset that she was in here and had the questions, but I chose instead to not be afraid and to answer her questions and to talk openly, openly with her about things. And I was shocked at what she understood and then also what her viewpoint was and how she chose to move forward and then how she took what happened and related it back to her own life. I mean, I was like, wow, okay. Um, my fear would have said, no, she can't see. But the truth allowed her to see, and the spirit that's in her interpreted what happened, and it was very different from what I thought. Yeah. Um, but but we're really afraid of these things, and so that's like, I mean, that's what was happening at this time. You know, the Jews were afraid isn't even a strong enough word, terrified might not even be a strong enough word that their way of life was dying, um, and these people because these people were physically killing them, and the same holds true for the Christians. You know, they were doing the same thing; they were persecuting both sides. Um, you know, right around this time. I think the Christians came heavier a little bit later, but, um, but it was starting.
1: So then mm-hmm. what's 3 saying? What's 3 saying about that? 3 speaks directly to all of that. Number 4 also. So. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority?
3: Uh, would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is a servant of God, an avenger,
1: it carries out God's wrath. on am wrong, here. No, you're supposed to be a minister. Mine interprets that servant as, well, as a minister. <coughs> you're a minister of God that does good, not a minister of God that does evil or bad. Just come up here. Oh, hey. Sorry. No, you're good. What, how do I plug the lights in? Oh, right up here. Hey, Kayla, would you plug those in behind Sorry. Thank you. Yeah,
3: hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's like... Um, you know, I, I know people would argue with that and say, "Oh, that's not true. Our governments have to get us." Yeah. Um, but it's like, um, you know, looking at what happens in our in our world, um, does the government ever attack people um, that take care of other people, truly take care of other people, like without an agenda, you know, that truly want to meet people's needs? Um, for the most part, no. Um, for the most part, they don't. Yeah, there's some some. I remember uh, some friends of ours um, were uh, got ticketed for feeding homeless people. Um, and yeah, it, it was kind of messed up. But it was they were they were applying a food license or food vendor license to them, and so to do it to feed people in the city, they had to have a food license because they wanted to make sure it was done right and that they were healthy and that they weren't getting people sick. You know, so there's still, even though from their point of view, they were really upset when that happened and took it as spiritual persecution. The truth is, the city was still doing its job. They wanted to make sure that, fine, you can do this, but the food has to be prepared a certain way. It has, We have to make sure the food is healthy and clean
1: and good. Well, the rulers aren't the cause of fear, it says here. Rulers are not the cause of fear uh, if you have good behavior because there's a reason why some of these things exist and why God's put them over us. And so, um, you know, when we... But when we come against them, I was listening to a story about a guy who used to work for the IRS. And he was, he was telling how the IRS is, how difficult and hard they are to work with. And, and so he was talking about a story of a man who had an audit. And he owed $2,000 in taxes. And uh, he walked in and was really nasty and ugly to the IRS agent. And uh, didn't want them to see all his stuff and was just being real real uh, combative Austin. with them and obstinate with them. And so it made the IRS agent mad. And so then the IRS agent then began to go deeper and deeper and deeper to the point to where they found all kinds of inconsistencies and so much so that they ended up prosecuting him and convicting him for criminal crimes that he went to jail for when he could have just got out for two grand and been done with it if he'd been, if he'd acted as a Christian, was supposed to act. But obviously he must not have been or he wouldn't be doing stupid. But that's why the submission is the rulers aren't, aren't for fear unless we just wanna to, wanna to go against them. And so that that goes with anything, whether it be government or even our bosses and all those kind of things. And that's hard. And
5: like
1: Jesus also. Yeah. And you submitted to all of those authorities himself. And then if you don't submit to him you know, how if you don't submit to those authorities you won't know how to submit to him either. So I think that's part of this whole thing. Well it's like why
3: why why is what what what's look I mean just look at what's happening in our world. Why is it happening? Know, why are police officers shooting people it's for fear of their own lives? That's when the, when their guns get pulled, it's because they're actually thinking I'm going to die. You know, they're not pulling their guns to have fun. You know, they're not pulling their guns to intimidate people. They
5: they think they're going to die. And I th- I think it has to do with that they've become comfortable in their feel- fear. And I. <coughs> We've been living in this opposition for so long, because like, I feel like when we're in the spirit, we're probably always gonna be uncomfortable because we're always against our flesh, and so you you spend so much time in uh, in fear, which is comfortable, that you just start acting out in your in your flesh, really, and. It's like even though fear is
3: bad and the flesh is awful, it's something that we know. I mean it's like what we default to when we get afraid.
5: Yes. Yeah, yeah. is that kind of what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. You just have to become uncomfortable and in, in love, really, to to other people that that you're not really comfortable with, if that makes sense. and you know, they, were, they were talking about, you know, specifically that they were talking
3: to some, some black people that they knew, they said like when the news came out, and so they're friends with all the hip hop artists, all the One One Six guys. They they know these dudes, and so that's what um, they were talking with with propaganda and Derek Miner um, about it, and um, and they were talking about when it came out that how scared that they were, and um, you know that's what they they feel like they have no idea what's going on in the world and. You know, again, so the media is playing up what's happening, so they're afraid that, oh my gosh, what if it's me or what if it's what if it's my son, you know, what what if this is what if this happens to um, to somebody that I know? And um, and so they're talking about the fear, like that it's an irrational fear that's happening right now on both sides. And then they were talking about that um, like with the Black Collapse Matter movement, they said it's it's a you know, it's a fear based movement. They said that they're so afraid that they don't even know what to do anymore, and so this is all they know to do is to act out because they're afraid. He says here. He says, but if you do what is evil, then you better be afraid. Well, you yeah. will be afraid. Yeah, and right? so it's like obviously, so like the things that we're seeing in our in our world, and again, this is just really easy to talk about because it's happening right now, you know. Or but even talking about our politics, look at look at the, the Trump Hillary thing. Um, you know, it's like both sides are afraid, and so they're doing things out of fear. That are going to bring, that are going to bring harsh judgment, you know. I mean, like then now look at us as Christians, and it's like out of fear, we try to control the world around us. And it's you know we all we've all seen Harry Potter, and so what was the the teacher's name everyone hated? What's your name? Umbridge. Yeah, Umbridge. Dolores Umbridge. And it's like, but how many Christian Dolores Umbridges do we know? You know that they out of fear they're trying to control the world around them. But that's the same that's the same exact thing. When we control the world around us, we bring we're bringing judgment upon ourselves. And those things are deserved. And so, then that creates more fear and it creates more chaos because when you try to control people, then our flesh won't be controlled. It I refuses think, to be controlled.
4: I think we're all fearful to some extent. Some of us just allowed to, or the devil, we allow the devil to control us more to the point where, like, say, people are like clone on well, I'm not sure. Was Harry Potter, so it's kind of yeah. cool. But I think we do a lot of level to get to us more. If we're in the flesh, if we're, more fearful, yeah. if if we're in the
5: but perfect love cast that out. Yeah. And so yeah. if that we don't have to be afraid. I think we, do we, right. choose, I mean, we choose.
4: We choose. The only it's all about choice.
2: That's right. I mean, it's it, like I said. I like this is, like what we're sitting here talking about. is stuff that I've talked about with all my law enforcement people that I sit in class with every single day. And I mean we've we sat here and we've had these discussions before. And like all of us, I think you're right, we are like we are afraid. All of us. Even though none of us have gone into the enforcement thing yet. We're not we haven't gone to academy yet, but we're still sitting there and we're like we're sitting we're sitting here watching the news and we're watching what's going on and we're sitting there and we're like do we really want to get into this mess?
3: Yeah.
2: And we just sit. And I mean, we've had we've had multiple professors who, like, who said. I mean, there one my my professor that's my advisor. His name was Lance Scott. He uh, he said there was this one time that he was uh, he was in a house at the very back of the house. There was this guy, and he. He told the guy multiple times to come forward, and he saw something in the guy's hand. It was a big old butcher knife, and he was like, he was like that guy jumped forward to me, and I was, and the only thing I thought in that moment, that in that moment was just, he just like I didn't even think, I just pulled the trigger and bang, killed the guy. But the guy jumped forward. At him, yeah. Like he was gonna, be, like that guy was gonna attack him. And when do you wait till they
1: get right here yeah. or over across the room? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, that's part of, and that's part of, what I think he's even, he's talking about here. The sword coming, mm-hmm. it goes before. And the Roman, soul, the and the, the Roman authorities carry a sword in the, on the front of them. Our authorities carry what? pistol on their side. So it's the same thing. They used to cut the head off. That was the point of execution. That's what they did. They beheaded them. They, <coughs> so that was their their minister over life and death. Our police are the same thing. They are ministers of of life and death, and of keeping the rule. And so we've got to be careful. You know, if we're doing nothing wrong, we're not going to get shot. It's that lunge forward, and then someone says, "Oh, well, he he was clear across the room from you," and they could be all kinds of accusations about something like that. But it's like, if if the dude hadn't made the lunge, you know, hadn't have done whatever he did that made the guy afraid enough that he had to pull the trigger, you know. So I, to me, that's why it's there's some form of evil going on. In, in, in there that we just don't always see it doesn't well, always and, make the news and then we, have
3: the, then we have the story recently of the special ed um, counselor who got shot and he was laying down with his arms in the air not moving and when they asked the cop why'd you shoot him like, I, I don't know, you know it's fear yeah. you know, and so now it's like I think because of the actions leading up to that there's all this pre-canned fear that as soon as the situation happens it's open, fear jumps out and so that guy really wasn't doing anything wrong he didn't bludgeon. Sure. Yeah, he didn't do anything, and so but it was loaded with all this fear that you know. So same thing, you know. It's like your your advisor, you know, when threatened, didn't even think he pulled the trigger, and so this guy here, you know, that they're so afraid, you know, that their their reaction was to pull the trigger, you know. And so just because, just like we talked about. You know, just because um, just because they are a God ordained authority doesn't make every action that they do God ordained. Right. Um, you know, and however God works with it, but it is not God ordained for them to shoot everybody and to do what's happening. But it's a, <coughs> what, what we're seeing is a product of a fallen world. And so we have lost police officers who are acting in flesh. We have lost you know other people who are acting in flesh. They're attacking back. We have um, I mean all kinds of stuff. You know, um, and then we even have Christians in the mix who are totally
1: in the flesh. You yeah, know, they may not be lost, but but they're in the flesh. Well, it's My co-teacher is the captain, uh, commander of his entire uh, police squadron or whatever in Round Rock, and a police officer was shot, by, I guess last week, and killed at his home. Uh, um, and so he's having to be the public figure in front of everybody and speaking about all this stuff. And he he wouldn't say what, but he just said he he has seen more evil. Uh, than the, since then, than he's ever seen. And he's seen all kinds of evil. And, uh, and he knows that he is there for the purpose that God is putting there. And he is in front of, of the public's eye and his commander, uh, all his officers that he's over. And, um, and he's the guy that you see on TV. I mean, he's, but this guy is a, I mean, he is a solid Christian man. I mean, he is a believer and preaches the gospel wherever he goes. And he says God's, it, it, as hard as it is for him, to be in front and to have to deal with it, he's dealing with it in the way that he should. And he's—I think—he's this this first four verses. He's the minister of God that's there, but he also is the avenger against evil, you know. And so he will be used as an avenger against evil. So he may have to—he probably won't, because he's not in the street. But uh, he may have to shoot somebody, or his people will. And there are ones that are in the flesh, and there are there are not. Um, so I guess really the whole. The crux of this here is that we're, we're to glorify God and do the good things. There are moral things that we're to do as Christians. So it's not it doesn't have us or whatever not to do uh, moral things. We are to be <coughs> moral, and and we can do it in the flesh. Or we can do it in the spirit because Christ will always lead to to being moral. You'll we'll never be immoral. I mean, just think about that. So these
4: rules and things we have, they're they're there for us to know what is moral. Uh I don't have many cool stories but one but off what Philip and Chris said. Fear stems from the flesh and stems from someone. But if we trust in God and believe in God, there is no fear. Because God is all knowing, all powerful and just like my testimony he will never leave you. Yeah. So really And and yeah. that goes on to tell yeah. that, you know. What's verse
5: eight say? Love oh, nothing to anyone except for your oblig- obligation to love one another. If you if you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. So our only obligation is to love one another. You know. um, I ha- actually had a question about this verse, verse because it says except for your obligation to love one another, one another and that's. Seems- <coughs> It seems rather not loving to be obligated to love someone. Well, it's not, I don't think it's really being
2: obligated in the way that we see that we look at the word obligated. I think it's more of like since we have Christ living with us, we aren't called to love all.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he's he, now back up in the 70s, He's actually talking about taxes and owing money to the to the government. And so here he says, owe nothing to anyone except love." So it's, we don't owe anybody. We, we shouldn't be owing somebody finances, money, or taxes. You know, we should pay our taxes, we should, you know, pay our bills, do what we're supposed to do so that there's nothing to come against us. And the only thing that we should give out is love. That's that's what we and that's the command and the call in our life is to love people. And love can be shown in that way too right well and it and is that's what he's referring to here is as long as you pay when you pay your taxes that is actually a loving thing to do like, uh, we only see the
3: extremes in media that's all we see we don't sit, they don't report on normal stories because normal is boring man drives to work safely <laughs> no one does yeah. <laughs> yeah, or the day I that that it. becomes a news story we're in real trouble but um <laughs> but I like I mean I remember there's this thing passed on Facebook a couple years ago where um, uh, I forgot what. Somebody got ticketed. They got ticketed like in a church parking lot, or it was some story like that. They were doing something with their church and got ticketed, and so in protest they paid in pennies. Oh yeah. I heard about um, that. And made a big deal about it. And I mean, I remember on Facebook, like all the people that I knew were like, "Yeah, stick it to them, all these things." And I was like, "Wait a second. All you did is stick it to a poor clerk who had nothing to do with this. Yeah. All you've done is made her. this was a big ticket." You know, so he paid in like pound. I mean, like giant bags of pennies, and it was like yeah. that only well, hurts. That has nothing to do. So now you just ruin some lady's day. But then, I mean, I, and yet you know, all these Christians are happy
1: about, frustration. about it. Frustration. They're just gonna give it else. Yeah. yeah. So they've exacted their frustration yeah. on someone who has nothing to do with it. Um, but that's only then the next sentence here, the next verse. Listened part of the Ten Commandments. You know, so if he's listening to part of the Ten Commandments here, how are we not to obey the Ten Commandments? Because if we're free from the law, why would why would we put these pieces of the law in here? And he gives the answer in the next verse, because love does no wrong to each, each other, to a neighbor. And so that lady would be our neighbor. When you're in and entering her $2,000 worth of pennies. I mean, you're, you're, you're being unkind and, and being obstinate to her and hurting her okay so so
3: then now we've talked about all the great big stuff out there and we've talked about the the obvious things but so now what does it look like for the small things so what does it look like um, to do no wrong to your neighbor to love you know, to love your neighbor truly um, to submit where's that um, to submit to uh, Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. What does it look like to do those two things when you have somebody over you who's a bad leader? When you have somebody who obviously does not care about you and has something else above you? you know, what does it look like when you have a boss um, who's, you know, I mean, I, I had a boss who was so bad at his job, you know, he was a drug addict. So what does it look like to be in subjection to that guy because he was my boss? Um... You know, what does it look like to love him and to love the people that worked in my office with me um, you know because at the time I you know I quietly tried to fight it that didn't really work so I quit yeah. was that the right action? I don't really looking back probably not so I did so mm-hmm. what is it what does it now look like to submit to that? what does it look like to love them and to
4: love the people you work with I, I, I think the definition of love. To me, it is is to love somebody with all of your power to, to do what you can. that, that is righteous when you're done. Okay. So then, what do so. you? So
3: then, for instance, um, you know, in this situation, um, you know, my boss would I don't know he he would he would do things that would double my workload for no reason, um, or he would make certain choices that uh that were really bad for the company and bad for all of us. So what do you do then? How do how do you show love to him in those in those decisions?
4: It's really hard but through prayers telling him what or him, what could be better, how it could be better.
3: He was not open to that. He was he not open to that. Not
1: uh, no. No uh, no it doesn't. Okay, probably causing him more trouble.
4: Yeah. Then you I mean, then did.
1: following what we've said if the change that you're trying to show as I'm bringing
4: it about, then you stay subjected under it. I think a uh, love for your actions is you, like, just quitting won't do you anywhere, won't do you anywhere. Is, well, it got me somewhere. Right. It got me away from there. I mean, yeah. But, <laughs> but,
5: but you yeah. quitting,
4: you can possibly never vote to gospel him, and that would be a disservice to them but like it's really hard to answer this, but it's overall love.
1: Yeah, and then and the other side of it is, um, you know, then how do you treat your boss that there are, you know, just like the lady, the clerk, I mean, she has a job to do, and there are certain things she has to do, and then maybe you worked for her, maybe you didn't, maybe you were the one paying the fine, then do you do your best? I want you to think about it in terms of how you guys have responded this summer. How long did it take you to? to actually show love with your best work that's showing love by giving your best if you if you're not giving your best and you're you're screwing around back in there or doing whatever or you skip out and hide or do whatever that that you do you know to not do your best then you I mean that hurts the leader that hurts the guy that you're under you know and I I say that as a leader of this team is you know because you know some of you Worked harder than others, and some had you had ups and downs in your in your whole career here. 90 days, you know, and so why did it take so long to <coughs> a good picture, right? And so how does how is that love in there? So say so it's easy to, to say one side, but then when you put it down to real practical terms, man, it gets tough yeah. to, to 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 see our own sin, to see where we're actually being selfish and unloving towards people, and it comes in a lot of different ways. It's not just in bringing in two thousand pennies or two thousand dollars <throat> pennies and saying, Ha ha, stick it to you. You have fun, it's your job, but that's that's the lady's job, you know. I mean totally get that. But then it's also then when you work for somebody, giving your best and, and excellence is part of what you're to do. And if you don't give the best and the excellence, does that hurt it hurts everybody? It hurts everybody. You know, so it's it's what point do you go beyond and go, Oh well I can't. That's kind of what like Caleb was saying at the beginning. He went from I can't to I can, you know. And I think that all is encompassed here. Uh, you go from I can't to I can. You, and it's hard to go to I can, if you don't know who you are in Christ, and if you're not walking with Christ and submitting Christ, then it's hard to make that choice to, to the I can side of things, and then get your all into whatever it is, you know. It's something that I've, and I mean I've been doing life for a long time, right? And so, been I've had successful businesses, I've had. Failures. I've done successful things and just different projects and had failures of projects. And man, the Lord is really saying, if you're going to go forward in this particular area that He's, that he's calling me, I have to learn how to be excellent in that. And then I'm like, well, damn, I don't want to learn that part. So then you can't move forward here. you got to learn that part. And, and if I'm going to serve the people around me who I'm just called to serve, I have to learn that part. And I have to be good at it. So what do I do to learn it? I read books. I watch videos, I go to class, I pay money to go to classes that cost me time and effort. You go to college, you know,
4: that's that's why you do those things. You got to
1: spend
4: money to make money. Right, get money. Yeah. right. It took me forever to learn this this summer, but if you don't study, in the long run, it'll be the service of everybody around you. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to make so better for everybody. It's not only hurting you, but it's hurting people around you.
1: And then you ultimately can't serve the Lord, and and, and be the one. And, and then the verse thirteen, you know, is, uh, or eleven. I mean, he talks about awakening, and that was uh, something we were reading in Revelations yesterday. I mean, it's the he says in, in chapter three. He says, "You look alive, but you're dead." And so we, as a church, and we as Christians, can look alive by being the moralistic, keeping the ten commandments, like you were talking about. We can keep. We can keep certain parts. It's easy for us. We can do. We can show love that's gushy love. You know, so to speak, we can be kind when we want to be, but when when it's when we get so self-absorbed, we don't realize that we're how unkind we're being by by how it hurts the team by us not you know putting in. So he says, well, awaken, and until we're awakened by the fact of who we are, you will never say I can, you will never climb past third pole, you'll never produce anything that's uh, good to your teams wherever you go. So that's I mean, to <coughs> okay. me, that's what I see coming out of this part here is that. What we need to learn from all this is that we we have to. There are moral things that we do and take care of for one another, and it's all about loving each other. And how do you support your team even when your uh, things aren't? Sometimes you have to leave. I mean, sometimes it's best to leave. You know, yeah. know definitely. Not not only for our families but also for the team. So if you can't, if you just can't support a, a drug addicted guy who's doing things bad what's the best thing to do for the company?
4: Find somebody
1: that can possibly or leave. But you're not in authority you can't find somebody that can. Yeah. So what do you do? You, leave. you just leave because all you're going to do is be an antagonist and you're going to hurt the, you're going to end up hurting the company overall because until his leaders see his 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 sin his issue he'll still remain and eventually that guy was removed but you know it's one of those things where you know, how? How? Where? Where does God? And God has says He's the ultimate avenger. He's the ultimate one who will take care of all those things. He'll take care of that guy. But I think some points, it's just because I'm a minister of God. I love them up to the point where sometimes it's just it's best for me. I won't be able to love them, I would be in the flesh at certain points. And so I think it's best to remove myself from those instances so I I remove that temptation to be in the flesh. Part of it is to learn how to walk in the spirit even when that's happening. God's been doing that with me in recent times. Just learning to walk in the Spirit, even when my flesh says no. You know, and I, I want to do something else, but God says no. Keep walking, and so I think that's the awakened part. If you're not awake, you'll never even know that. You'll be you'll be oblivious to it all.
4: You live your entire life and never yeah.
1: the way that God moves. Yeah, and that's scary, really, when you think about it. Can you imagine being eighty years old and not knowing what you know now and you just still thinking
4: you're supposed to be a good person and still, like, still thinking you keep the Ten Commandments? It's like people in foreign countries that's where we all let missionaries go out even though like our home areas need missionaries here we missionaries go out but still um, if they never like hear God they can feel God we be all feel God but this is a choice the feelings that we have so, uh, one
1: of the, the last verses and we'll finish up here and move on uh, and we might come back at the 11 May. Let's, let's come back 11, 12, 13, 14 because there's enough to talk about there I think. Um, we'll, we'll do that tomorrow we'll have to do get through 16 we'll have to we'll do more than two days on one of these chapters but um, let's finish up 11 through 14 tomorrow because I want to lead into what does it mean to be awakened and how do you live awake and what does it look like to be a Christian living in darkness? You know, so so that you grasp, think about that tomorrow, so, for tomorrow's discussion so that you don't go on to hear, and because what happens I see almost every summer and you guys are guilty of it, I'm guilty of it that after a, a, a Every day we're in the Word. Every day we're studying and we're seeing. And we're growing. Every day we're, we're, we're getting stronger in the faith. And he makes mention of that uh, down here, that we are to be strong for those who are weak in the faith. Well, you guys are strong and getting stronger, now what happens when a month from now, when all hell breaks loose in your world, whatever that looks like, things aren't going well, or it's getting stressful, or you're surrounded by friends, or people that aren't living godly, how do you how do you stay awake? You know, how do you not doze off? Because we doze off in here in Scripture study, but now how do you not doze off in the world as uh, to the spiritual things? It's, that slumber is, man, it's there. It's going to hit you. You know, so if, if you're not able to input here, how you input out there? I mean, just think about it. You know, because it's easier out there to be quiet and not say anything. It's easy out there not to live with the torch of Christ. It's easier to just go about your business and do your thing and keep everything well. That's not what this means. He means you're to. We'll we'll talk about that tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right. Any other thoughts? That was good. All the time. All the time. That was good. Yeah. Good. Good thought. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to pray this, and then we'll talk about some
5: other things in the day. Thank, Thank you for us again here today, and just sad the rest that we've had, Lord, before this last candle of yours came God. I just pray that the rest
1: you've given us would continue to flow through us and that we would be exuberant and joyful for the young ones who are coming here, even now, Lord. I just pray that our eyes would continue to be open in these last few days of studying Your Word in this matter, Lord, and that it wouldn't be the last few days of studying. This way that we would continue when we go home, Lord, so we would continue to be awakened. God, continue to open our eyes and reveal the things that You have for
2: us and this for Lord. Let's not go blind to any longer, Lord. It's something
5: we pray this day. Amen. Mm-hmm.